0: Um, how many of you guys were blessed by having Rex come with us last weekend? But, you know, um, I, you know we've had guest speakers over the years, lots of different guest speakers. And I, probably, for me at least, without question, I think he was the most impactful um, guest speaker we've ever had. Um, you know, anytime that you bring somebody in, the whole idea behind bringing somebody in is to kind of give you an adrenaline shot of the spirit of God from a different lens, a different style. Look, my job is to pastor you guys. Today I might kick you a little bit and push you forward because that's what I feel the nudge to do. Um, but his job is to come and stir you to faith. That's his job. And there were a lot of people that got prophetic words. We had several healings. Um, so instead of just running through that and missing the opportunity um, to, to utilize what the scriptures say, that we overcome the devil. This is Revelation 12, 11. By the blood of the lamb and the word of our what? Testimony. (laughs) Testimony. Goes on to say when we love our lives not to ourselves. In other words, you're willing to live for Jesus is what that means. So what I did is I talked to a few of the people that had just some really cool things happen. So the young people were like, why are you making us stay in? Because what you guys, what I want you guys to see is God still moves. And one of the people that is going to share is in your group. I don't know if she's talking or her is talking or her daddy's talking, but one of them are going to talk. So um, I don't know that there's an order to this. I think there's three or four of you that are going to testify. Anybody want to raise their hand to go first? You know who you are if I told you to testify because we called you. Okay, Russ, get your family, get them up here. I'll let you go first. <laughs> so it's Russ, Mari, and Tracy. And um, for all of you who are going to share, make sure the mic is in your face like an ice cream cone so that we can all hear you. And I don't know who or which of you wants to lead the charge, but, um, and I told you guys, like, use a few minutes, but however, like, if God is, do the thing, man. I'm not trying to limit anything going on.
1: Um, It's pretty crazy because something that happened that he told me had to do with keys. And I was like, okay, where is he? trying to lead me to this, you know? Like this is just crazy. I didn't know he knew so much about me. And I didn't even say anything to him. Like I didn't even say hi. I just was there. And I saw my mom go up and I just couldn't breathe. It was almost like everything inside of me just like was stuck. So I went up. I didn't even I wasn't even thinking about me. I was thinking about my mom. Um, And then he pulled me and he said, Keys is going to unlock your future. And that really stuck out to me because I was really trying to figure out what God was telling me to do. And this, what I'm doing right now, was something that he told me that I was going to do later on. And here I am right now doing this. (laughs) So, it means a lot that I'm able to do this. So, thank you, Pastor James, for letting me.
0: No, for sure. Don't don't go anywhere, get, Mom. Get, yeah.
2: Okay. So, I don't know. All those of you who know me, this is like my worst nightmare to stand up with a microphone in front of people. <laughs> so, uh, when Rex was here, um, you know, he was kind of calling out different things and a hurt shoulder, and I've kind of had like a bum shoulder for a minute. And so, my kids are kind of looking at me and I'm like. Because he actually made Betty get out of her seat and was like doing this whole thing. And I was like, hmm, right? And then um, I've been struggling with um, like a very elevated heart rate. And it was just a mess that day. And I'm like, I already don't feel good. I'm not going to stand in front of people. And then that's going to escalate anymore. So anyway, his next thing that he calls out was there's an elevated heart rate. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> really? So then I look at Ian and Ian's like, I was like, Oh, so my little hand goes up. And Rex is like, oh, don't let my personality, like, scare you. And that was really not what was scaring me. It's not his personality. (laughs) I was now worried that with my anxiousness and the elevated heart rate, I was going to just fall out on the floor. But he prayed over me, and God calmed my heart. He calmed my nerves. And I think um, the biggest thing that I needed to hear him say is that I've been living in a recovery period. And so now it's time to get out and move and enjoy life because I had a couple years where I had four surgeries in two years. And I'm a little bit trying to figure out where I'm at now. And um, I needed that encouragement, that faith, that push to be like, what's your next? What's your next thing? So that was hugely impactful for me. And my heart is very calm as I'm up here. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Um, so those of you guys who may know I did not get prayed for, but I was very blessed. Um, I just wanted to share
0: where do you guys are supposed to
3: say
0: right? <laughs> uh, did you shower this morning? No, no, no. Um,
3: I need a substitute family when anybody likes to come <laughs> same <it, so. laughs> I was it something I said? I don't Can you guys help me? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny here. I'm trying to be serious. Uh, okay. So let me start again, okay? <laughs> Take two. Um, so, you know, when we were in the environment, and again, you know, uh, for some of the you guys who have been around church a while, and especially if you minister and you lead and stuff, um, it is about the people, right? And so this was just a moment where I felt like God was just putting his hand on my family. And so... I was literally just like this close from ugly crying the whole time. I was just like, so I was just so blessed. I'm like, wow, God, you're really going to meet with them today. You know, just it was such a huge blessing. And um, and I was, so I don't know if you, if you, anybody was around me, I think you're in the wet zone. Like these tears were just kept coming. You know, it was like the left, the right, the both, you know, all this kind of stuff. I was probably drooling and slobbering. I don't know. But um, I don't think my nose was running. Did anybody notice that? No, but, um, but anyway, I was just, I was just so blessed at that, um, that, you know, because, Obviously, we have influence, right? Like, I, if I wanted to say, Hey, Rex, I would really love for you to pray for my family, I could do that, and you probably would honor that. But I, I just don't want to do those things. And so it was just really reassuring that he, you know, God called out. I mean, several things that Tracy, you know, needed prayer for, and and the one that he called her out was, I think, unique to the room, right? I don't think anybody else was yeah. having that situation, at least at that time. So, just very blessed. And then, of course, for my daughter to come and support, and uh, for Mari, you know, and, and then to get prayed over as well. So, again, just a huge blessing from my side, just to, just to see that happen and and to be ministered in that way. So,
0: that was all I wanted to share about that. Yep. Yeah. And you guys stay. No, um, give it up. Um, If you've ever been around Christianity for any period of time, um, there's a stewardship and a reward for faithfulness. I I don't know if you know Russ and Tracy really close. Like, I'm not calling them Pastor Russ because they're friends. To you guys, he's Pastor Russ. But but you name it, missions, service, Wednesdays, small groups, youth, it doesn't matter what it's been. They've faithfully served, and they've done it humbly. Like Russ, what he said is true. If he would have raised his hand, Rex would have ministered to him. And he didn't do that. And God still knew what his family needed. Um, Jesus said a pesky little, like, keys to the kingdom of heaven. You're supposed to study that. And the keys to the kingdom of heaven is, initially, he's got the key to your heart, but he's going to give you the key to other people's hearts. He's going to get, Which literally means this, he's going to give you access in words to see people. And when you speak to them, it's going to be kind of like, there's going to be times you're going to say, you really want me to say that, Jesus? And he's going to say... Yeah, I really want you to say that. And you're going to watch people melt underneath the weight because it's him loving them through your words. It's just a key. The key was not incidental, and you know that because you love keys. But it's more than that. It's a signature of your, your destiny. It's attached to how God is going to lead you. So just be encouraged with it, but you're supposed to study that out, you and God and reading and listening. And, but anyways, I love you guys. Be blessed. Give me a hug, especially the young people. I love to see them. And all you young people, this is you. This is, we're coming after you. No, I'm kidding. I'm trying. <laughs> They're like, forget it. We're going to the youth room. Okay, so you guys, um, let's see. Mickey, Mickey, I think you said you wanted to go number two. Um, so Mickey's the second person to go. And I'm going to say the same thing to you, Mickey. Um, like you're having a nice ice cream cone kind of thing. Yeah. So, I'm loud enough. I don't need a microphone. Yeah, but the, the people online can't hear you through the, through the distance.
4: Hi, everyone. My name is Mickey. Some people know me. Um, So I'm a dog groomer, right? So every day I'm like struggling with my shoulders. And he talked about the shoulder pain. And so I raised my hand and then he starts ministering. I have my eyes closed accepting the word of God. You know, everything was bright. And he's talking about the baby, but I didn't know he was talking to faith. And I thought, well, I ain't got no baby. (laughs) how's that going to happen? I don't even have a boyfriend, you know? Okay, Lord, I'm 52, but if you say it's going to happen, I'm going to take it, right? It was so funny. So then he comes, he goes, oh, I'm going to get to you in a minute, honey. So I thought, oh, that's for me, right? Thank you, Jesus. Christ. I don't want another baby, but... Anyways, he's talking about the shoulder, and he says, "Do you feel that?" And I swear, every time I come here, when I come, here, I've been sick for like months. But when I come here, I can't even do this, <clears throat> and it's been gone. Like the enemy, when I went back to work, was trying to get me. Every dog I work with, he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna show you God ain't good." And <laughs> I hold it up, and I have no pain, no pain up here, nothing. And you're just so good to me because that day I was feeling so bad. And he goes, girl, you didn't go to the the morning meeting, but I swear you better get up off your butt and you better be in the evening one. And I was like, <laughs> so I'm watching Rex. I look him up on YouTube and I'm watching him and he's just feeding that fire, feeding that fire. And he's like. You're healed. You don't got to sit there and feel bad for yourself. The depression, the anxiety, that's all gone. So I came that day because God told me, I'm going to heal you. Amen. I'm going to heal you. And I was so excited, and he, he came to me, and he was like, I told you. <laughs> Imagine if you were at home just sitting there boo I don't feel good. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to share about the love that he has given me. He touched on some things when when, it, when I was younger, that happened. And that's my past, you know. But my future, I feel like so happy now. Like, he kept saying, I'm going to be a happy person again because that's just me. Because he loves me so much. And he loves all of you guys. And you just, when you've been through the ruggedness, when you've been down and out, and he's always showing up, sending you people, that's just love. And that's why I give my love for free. <laughs> and that's all I gotta say. <laughs> You're so great, Lord.
0: Uh, I don't know, there might be a preacher in there somewhere, I'm thinking. <laughs> I love you, Mickey, I really do. Oh, uh, um, You know, the, the interesting thing about being a pastor is that you get to like literally watch people's journeys. You get to watch where they start from, where they go, when they hit highs, when they hit lows, and a lot of times you get to get right alongside them. Like Mickey's saying dog groomer, I remember when we prayed for your dog grooming. Remember that? I remember, Did I remember, the chart? yes, I remember it very well. And now she's like in it, doing it, and people are all like, it's just amazing how you watch God fulfill dreams, you know. And then the dream becomes a point of pain, and then she's like, I gotta go. Like I remember she, she when he started, he called her out, and then she goes. I knew it. I knew he was going to talk to me tonight. So just, you know, one of the things about, like I always say this, like, and it's not just church, but when you come to church, what you're doing is you're giving God opportunity to connect with you. That's what you're doing. A lot of times people go, I'm tired. I just want to sleep in. It's a little chilly out today. I'm going to find a reason. I'm going to watch online because I like PJs and eating toast in bed and whatever. But the reality is you don't get that kind of touch or that kind of ministry at home. You just don't. And listen, I love that we can do it. And if you're at home, I'm not slamming you. I'm not. But what I am saying is, if you're at home, you didn't get what we got. That's just a reality. There's something about presence. Jesus didn't do incarnation from afar. He came and he dwelt among us. He was a presence with us. That's why it's so important for us to be in the community of faith. Because we get that interaction. We get somebody's gift you're going to get some, some stuff this morning. you were going to take communion later. That's all beautiful, and you don't get that at home. Um, let's see. There's one, two more, one more. You're, 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 uh, uh, no. Um, Adam, 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 Adam. There's Adam. All right, come on up. Same thing, Adam, like it's an ice cream cone. Uh, all right. Yeah, you, please. Uh, yeah, yeah. You just put it right on top. Uh-oh. You know what that means, don't you? <laughs> Thus saith the Lord. Ye shall preach. <laughs> I play, but I don't. <laughs> OK.
5: So Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And I think it's just so beautiful that not only is God telling me to take refuge in him, he's also speaking through Jason to take refuge in him, his tall fortress. And it's beautiful. Um This was the verse that God gave Rex to give me last Sunday night. And um, my study Bible states that taste and see are metaphors for personal experience. And it also states that it is an expression of thanksgiving for God's protection. And there is wisdom embedded in this thanksgiving. And so, you know, as God works in beautiful, mysterious ways, Rex also stated that night that there will be a wisdom will be seen in my work and that the wisdom of God will be seen in the work of Jesus. Now, from this, I will taste and see that the Lord is good, which is my experience with my work in the future. So, as some of you may know, I am a mechanical engineer. I'm studying to become a mechanical engineer. So, it was beautiful to see that like Rex, <laughs> Rex knew exactly who I was. But in reality, it was God who knew exactly who I was, yeah. So um, he said that he saw me putting things together, uh, dealing with computers and technology and numbers and ratios, and most of those things I was no stranger to um, in my projects in school, I definitely put things together um, and I've dealt with loads of numbers and ratios, too many, so much, so (laughs) so much homework, yeah. And then computers and technology, more projects, and I recently fixed my parents' TV, and you know, so my dad could watch Top Gun again.
0: Yeah, he wants to be Tom Cruise, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And so
5: so that was—it was beautiful to see that you know God knew exactly who I was. Um, The thing that intrigued me was there was also the talk of markets and economics, and so as a mechanical engineer, I don't really. I was trying to figure out how that could relate at all and um, maybe in um, a job they might take me on as you know someone in that field but right now it's God's God's plan and you know um, Rex said that there would be monetization, optimization and also numbers and ratios deals with economics and uh, markets as well. so um, I'm just gonna have to follow God's plan. And through these, hopefully, the markets and economics, um, he said, I will fund big projects. And in the future, I hope that I will you know, taste and see those big projects. You know, that will be my personal experiences. Um, he also said, do not be allergic to uh, abundance. And so once I get to that point in time in, in this season, that will be my reminder. Um, do not be allergic to abundance. Um, there is also a prepping period from now between now to October, and, you know, I'll have to listen for God's um, path. I'll have to pay attention, and above all, i have to obey, you know, for it to come to pass. Um, and <laughs> Rex said at the end, God's presence will protect my gift and all of this. And this goes directly back to the verse he stated that was going to be mine, Um Psalm 34 is an expression of thanksgiving for God's protection, and God's presence will protect my gift. So I must you know, abide in the Lord. the you know, yeah. rest of my days. Yes, um, and I didn't say it that night, but he he said it to multiple people. Like, do you feel that? Do you feel that? I feel a warmth? And um, he didn't say necessarily a warmth to me, but he did say, "Do you feel that?" And I said, "Yes," and that was because I did feel a warmth in my back. I'm um, near the end when he was saying that, so, yeah, you know, it's 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 very real, you know, the power is real, so that's what I want to see.
0: All right. <laughs> What's fun for me with Adam is I've literally watched him grow up. Like we we raised our kids ago. Steve and Marie have been here since we started the church. Um, you're 21, 20, yeah, same age as Julia, who's at Norfolk State. So we've literally watched them grow up together. And it's fun for me because he's super intellectual. And God will use the intellect. I, that's what Rex was sharing. Like, it, really what I want you all to get is that Jesus knows your number. He'll speak to you in a way that will catch your attention. Like, like, it was really remarkable because what's fun for me, again, I'm your pastor. So I know y'all. So when, when he's talking to people, I'm like, dang. <laughs> Like, he's he reading someone's mail. He said he's up in their business. But to me, that's amazing. Like, like, this is really what I want you to take away from all of this weekend. When you hunger and thirst for the things of God, he'll show up and speak to you. And he'll speak to you at seasons. Like, this is what he did with you. He spoke to you in a season that's a transitional. So you're about to graduate college. So there's all these transitions happening. Now, when people prophesy, sometimes it's like now. And sometimes it's like not now, but it's still going to happen. Uh, like first prophetic word I got was that I would be a pastor. It didn't happen for years, but it did happen. And I knew that I was supposed to head that direction. So will he be filthy rich next month? If you are, come. I, we're friends. You know. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. But in all seriousness, will God manifest his presence on you with grace? Yes. And the, the beauty of it is anything he promises to you, he stewards in you to manage and handle well. Like, when you get out of whack with it, if, you know, if God blesses you with, with some great position or some abundance, if you misuse it, he'll, he's big. Yes. Like, a lot of times we're so afraid to walk in the promise of God because we're worried that we'll mishandle it. If you didn't get this from Rex's ministry, like, doggone it, step out of the boat. Like, I love hearing his, I don't know what that means, but I'm listening, that, that is so important, so crucial for our walk with God. That's why we bring people in to like stir faith in you, to, to encourage you to faith in good works. So listen, listen, bless you, Adam, for sharing because I, I, I don't think you're, you're not uncomfortable sharing in front of people, are you? Uh, a bit. Yeah, it's not your favorite thing, but yeah, yeah, but you did great. And I'm just excited to see what God is going to do through you. Like I said, I watched this kid grow up. So it's fun for me to go, what's the next thing? What's the next journey? What's the next step? So bless you, man. Thank you for being willing. Um, now, I think I'm just going to let this keep going. Why not? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Okay, so, so I want to do this. Now, the reason I'm doing this, though, is so that you all understand. Many of you have met, um, and there might be somebody else who has a testimony from the weekend, and I'll let you share it and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you my um, sermon without going into a lot of detail because I'm going to run out of time by doing this, but I don't care. I think the testimony thing is giving some authority to your journey. That, that's what I think. So um, Reuben and Esther have been around our church now, I don't know, a number of months, maybe upwards of six or seven, eight months. Um, Reuben and his wife were pastors. They just went to the Philippines on a missions trip, and, and they said, hey, can we come back and share... And I went, oh, man, like we got all kinds of stuff going on. So I thought, ah, what the heck? <laughs> so, so no, I was going to say, let's push it out to next week. But the reality is this. Um, God is doing testimonies, whether you're in this building. If you're willing to serve him, he's willing to demonstrate his goodness in you. So why don't you guys come up and, and give us a, a few minutes of what God did in and through you guys. And then we will wing it. We'll go from there.
6: Well, good morning. Um, I didn't know. I was going to share with the women tomorrow morning for Bible studies. So I wasn't expecting this, but um, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for those that supported this, this mission trip. Uh, it was so amazing. And I always say, above all, Lord, let your name be glorified, because that's what we do it for. We do it for the Lord, right? And when we go, we tell them, you know, that there's hope in Jesus, that Jesus hasn't forgotten you, Jesus loves you, and tears will just come down their eyes because that's what they need to hear, right? And so we're just the vessels that the Lord uses to get us from here to wherever he sends us, and my thing is I always say, Lord, send me, I'm here, Lord. And knowing that God is our provider and that we lack nothing, I know that if he is sending us, it's because he's making a way and he's going to provide everything from a through z and because he's faithful right and i think that when we're faithful and the key word is being obedient to god um then he's going to see us through whatever it is and so we saw many many blessings and through all the givings we were able to um pass out shoes to all the village uh we were able to make um care packages with food and distributed. it. We were able to buy sacks and sacks of rice and distribute it amongst the village and got to minister the word of God. I got to uh, bring the word of God to the women's, um, had a women's conference and I was one of the speakers. Uh, we also did a Valentine's dinner for them. We were excited. And so we did everything before we went. We prepped. We talked to people who took care of all that for us, made sure the food that was going to be made, just, all everything was arranged before we went. So we had a beautiful Valentine's dinner for them. Uh, we got to be the speakers for that evening. Many, many blessings. We made some amazing, amazing lifetime friends. Uh, they've invited us back. Um, and if that's God's will, we will go back because these people were amazing. When I talk about, uh, a trip that you go to that there's a lot of, um, kindness and love it, and hospitality, it was just amazing. They made you feel like family. So if, if it's God's will, we will return back. Um, and, um, even up to now they keep saying we're 16 hours a difference, and so messages will come in the middle of the night, or you know. So I'm very, very careful about when I respond because I know the time over there. We hit a lot of turbulence on the way back, but it doesn't bother me because it rocks me to sleep. So I'm good, um, and I know that's God and. Um, they're just amazing people. Thank you again for for your support, for your prayers. That's so important because we know that um, God is with us. You know, our our church name is Church of the Hand of God. I know that the hand of God is always upon us. And this morning, when you brought the word and you talked about Psalm ninety one, that they they sent me a message and wanted to know what my life verse was, um, and I told them Psalm ninety one. Right, And so when you said that this morning, I said, Lord, I felt the Lord was speaking to me because I needed to hear that. And so I just couldn't help but just cry and cry and cry because I'm like, Lord, thank you, because you hear my prayers. And you know, I know that I'm under the shadows of the Almighty, right? And so my trust is in Him. And so God bless you this morning. Pastor, God bless you for giving us this time. Um, And um, yeah, here's my hubby.
7: Can everybody turn to Hebrews chapter? Just kidding. Just kidding. Again.
0: I'm going to sit down and, I'm I'm sit to do down and take notes, brother.
7: <laughs> so, uh, and I'm praying that I don't forget a few things. So we're working with the ministry, as I found out, uh, and I'm not going to mention names, but it's like uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Okay. And it stays there. The word is powerful. And I go, it is powerful, but I believe in the manifestation of the word. So now I'm in a youth conference, and they're, they're sharing, and they asked me to share at the youth conference, and the power of God falls on this place. And so this is uh, a church that has not seen this, but every youth that walks up is slain by the power of God. Boom. And they're sitting there, and you're, you're, you're listening to in, in prayer in the spirit. The ministers are, they don't know how, how to deal with this. Yeah. The pastors don't know how to deal with this. And they're slain in the spirit right? But the ones, it, it, it was a, a very challenging thing when uh, the ones that the should be supporting are the ones that are semi-hindering that prayer, but God began to, the Spirit began to manifest very strongly. So the youth is slain one by one by one by one throughout this, the, the conference, and then, uh, so I go outside and I'm dealing with the elderly women who are cooks and caretakers and that type of thing, and we're in dirt, and they, they cook, they don't have ovens and stuff like that. They're cooking by fire and wood. And the spirit comes, and it begins to slay the women, the elderly women in their 80s and, and, and older, 90's, and people are now I remember that we were just by ourselves, the women were just talking, and then people started to show up and they're passing. They don't know how to deal with this. It was new, but the women were on fire, and they go, "Pastor, can you pray at the next Bible study?" Yeah, I go, "Okay, I'll, 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 I'll do it." And so, before that, that Bible study, we would begin to share, and the manifestation begins again, and uh, and and you can't. I never want to control the spirit. I never want to hinder the spirit. And so the spirit moves, just like it did on the weekend. It'll, it'll prophesy. It'll give word to people. It'll begin to heal people. And the last thing you want to do is to stop that. But it's difficult because we're challenged uh, by our lack of understanding and by the same word. Uh, it's, a, it's a very power, and I shared this with the, the people I was working with. The word is power, and nothing will manifest without that word. So remember the word is critical, but don't restrain, don't hold back the word. Don't just limit it to just the literal text. It's literally, it'll come alive. So now we're in the village, and uh, this gentleman, Tom, gives me a a horn, a shofar. So we're blowing this thing. And remember, this is new to them. This is new to me, new to them. And they accepted this shofar. And they're all trying to pull it so far, which is difficult. And uh, and the next thing you know, we're in this village, and we're praying, and they're passing out food. And there was this man that had a stroke, and he's chopping wood. And uh, we offered prayer, and he accepted the the offer of prayer. And as he started, we started praying for him. He began getting to get stronger. And then, out of nowhere, out of amazingly people just started to come one by one by one like he had done an altar call from the villages we don't know who these people are the people don't know who they are they just started coming and and god began to do a work in in every one of them and, it, and it's amazing because you can't do that it's like we're talking here and people from the outside would just start showing up people from the get off the freeway would, would show up here and so that was happening so Again, it was strange to others, and God begins to minister to, because these people are solid, solid individuals that have to see this, that the manifestation of God is very real. So now we're praying for someone, and it's very difficult to pray for someone, because I'm praying for this. You will be healed. You will not die. You will be lifted. He's in his bed. He had a stroke, an elderly man. Uh, he, in fact, he's the father of one of the pastor, senior pastors to be ordained the very next day so i'm praying healing i'm praying god you got to give us a sign and at the same time you're having other others pray that will say and and i'm sharing this as a testimony to you because you're going to encounter this i'm 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 praying lord god there's no doubt in my mind you're going to get this guy up and he's going to go and i'm telling the the son the pastor to be now senior pastor to be that he's going to go he's going to go into your church and he's going to honor you, and you're going to witness this while you're at the pulpit that your fathers are present, because the father goes to a different church. Village issues, and everybody's related somehow. But he's on this bed, and I go, "Can you sit him up?" So we sit up, and we prayed for his back, and and at the same time, you have others praying, "God, if it's your will, I know, I know that this vermin is on him, because it's going to stay on him until you say no." And and I go, "I know, we're, I'm praying for healing." <laughs> But it's sort of like this punishment is from God so he would learn a lesson. And I go, and I understand that. There's some biblical stuff behind that. But I go, uh, I'm trying to get this guy out of bed. And they're holding that. I'm, I'm saying, but we're not talking. We're just in, in prayer. Well, the next day, this father shows up in a wheelchair, remember, from bed. So this is a huge step. Mm-hmm. And he's at the ordination now. In the back, far back, in a wheelchair, sitting up, and he got to see his son's ordination. And to God be the glory, right? He gets the two certificates of two of his sons that were honored that day, and we placed it on on him while he was seated, and I go, because of you, and I tell the sons, never forget, because of you, because of the, God honored this father through you, using you, Mm -hmm. and so... To see the Father sitting up and see the Father uh, receiving, I mean, it, it is amazing, amazing. We stay at awe at what God can do. So we saw the manifestation of God. We saw the blowing of the shofar and the power that it had in the, in the region, in the air. And the youth, they just receive it. That's awesome. The youth are on fire. The youth, as the pastor, you are. I see you healthy. I see you strong. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. I see this church very strong. Worship here is powerful. Yeah. And we got to hear some, and what shocked us in the Philippines, pretty much everyone speaks English today. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the youth, all the kids speak English because of schools and stuff. And some of the elders are trying. The elders are trying more than we, people who here would try to speak their language. But they really, really try, and their hospitality and love is so sincere that you fall in love. You you adopt them, and they adopt you almost immediately. And again, I thank you for this time. But I didn't want to forget those little things that God began to do in a region when it's not it, it's something new. And so I had to share this with some because now you're the oddball. Things are happening and they don't know how to explain that. And I go, You know it's funny? Uh, the word, you believe in the word? Yes. He goes, I can only imagine, and I'll close with this, that when Jesus walked up to this guy, he picked up some dirt, spit on him, put mud in a guy's eye, I bet they thought he was pretty strange too.
8: Yeah.
7: To God be the glory. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank
8: you so
6: much.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the world we live in, it's the church of hugging. Um, and I'll finish with this and the youth can go do their thing, but um, God is at work all over the place to the extent that you'll engage what he's doing. Like I I don't think he's, like even, you can ask Eric, I talked with Eric and me and I said, listen, I really distinctly want our missions program to move into this idea that when you go, you're not only giving shoes, you're bringing the presence of God with you. I want opportunities for testimonies and prayer for healing and, and deliverance or whatever God leads you to. I don't want you to make anything up, But I want to see the power of God go out from our teams when they go. You know, like you're saying, the shofar, the the Thailand team, you guys are going to see this. You're going to end up in a village up in the highlands. This is like one of my favorite things. Everybody awake, pay attention to me. Because you guys are all like, people are talking to me and I want coffee. No, the great stories. Listen, you'll go into a highland village and not a shofar, you hear a gong. There's one in my office. And it'll be at like... 5.45 in the morning. So 6 a.m. on a Sunday, and the whole village shows up. That's the call to worship. Everybody goes home, eats breakfast, then you hear it again. It's like the 10-minute warning. And everybody shows up again for the next service. And it's totally open. Like, if you minister, God will show up. If you go there just expecting, you know, hey, we're going to do a nice thing, it's not like that's not a blessing, amen? That's good. But you go with the presence of God. Jesus lives in you. Okay, so let's, um, I don't think we have anything, do we have anything else? No, I want to share a couple thoughts, so if you have a testimony, you got to come tell me we'll do it next week, um, because I kind of have a, a couple thoughts that I want to share with you. So um, look at somebody, say, you're awake right now, go ahead, yeah, you're awake, yeah, you yeah, come on, really, you don't need coffee, you don't, wait, wait, wait. we're getting, oh, we've got it. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm getting kicked to the curb, get up here, I can't, I can't say, come on, is that, yeah, uh, okay, so we do have one more testimony, and given, um, you'll see what I'm talking about in a second, given the, the, the nature of what she is facing, if I said no, um, it might not happen for a few months, so we're going to let this happen right now. You've been eating too many pizzas or <laughs> what, girlfriend, come on, what did you need? A uh,
9: stool. <laughs> you need a
0: stool, okay. Yes, please. So for those of you who don't know, this is Faith Fuentes, who's also been here.
9: Not see
0: Fuentes anymore. What's that? Oh, that's no. <laughs> I'm sorry. She came with her parents first time I met her. It's that's not her last name anymore. Um, but she's obviously um, either with child or eating a lot of pizza. I'm, I'm kidding. So share with us what God showed right. you.
9: I'll try to be quick because this baby's pushing on your girl's bladder. Um, so yes, my name is Faith. If anyone doesn't know, I'm the one that oh thanks. <laughs> I'm the one that always uh, talks smack to pastor yes. and beats vice me versa. In yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was here when Rex Crane um, did his um, <sighs> prophesizing, and I was sitting right there with my mom. And uh, he was talking to Mickey at first, and I'm I'm turned around. To like, pay attention to her. All of a sudden, I feel someone's hand kind of like reach out to me, and so I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, and it was Rex, and I started holding his hand, and he started praying for me. And he started talking about my baby, and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And uh, one of the things he said that kind of surprised me was, um, You're gonna have a healthy baby good delivery and your hormones are going to be fine afterwards and I was kind of like okay that's random and the 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 crazy thing about that is a little bit of context with me I'm going to go deep Um, I have history with depression clinically depressed I used to battle with um, self-harm verge of anorexia it was it was bad and Pastors know me for 15 years, so he knows a lot about me. And that's something I've always struggled with, and anyone who, who's had depression knows it it doesn't always just go away. It's always lingering and waiting for the next moment. And considering what I've been going through with this pregnancy, and um, I'm newly married, so with mari- with the marriage and with my pregnancy, My biggest fear, and I never really told anyone except my sister, was how my hormones were going to react when I became pregnant and afterwards because of postpartum. That was my biggest fear that because of what I've been struggling with for the past nine months, that the hormones were going to take over. I was going to go back to self-harm. I was going to go back to not eating, and I was going to be a terrible mother for my baby. This pregnancy, I have never been so happy and so much at peace. Even with everything that's been going on, I, I've put my trust in God. I've talked to pastor a lot. And um, I am at peace knowing that God's got it under control and that I'm going to be a great mom for this baby. So, Amen. thanks.
0: And isn't she adorable? Hey, easy, you belly bop me. <laughs> no. Yeah I, I, yeah, I am. No, very amazing to watch God do stuff in people's lives that is special and unique. And the times when God speaks into somebody and we just kind of think like, oh, whatever, like they've got their thing going on. But when you hear the context behind it, um, it's kind of like, whoa, like, okay, so there have been battles and attacks, and there's an overcoming presence of the Spirit of God on her, was something that was a real, like, you know that fear gives avenue to the enemy to hold you. Well, when you hear somebody say, you're going to be a great mom, and you're not going to struggle with it, you're kind of like, okay, that gives me huge hope to just say, I trust God. Amen. That makes sense? So it's, I think it's amazing, and Faith, thank you for being patient, and she's probably in the hallway already, but I think it's amazing that she did that, so I'm going to bless the young people, and, and unless you guys want to stay to hear me preach, but um, I'm going to be as quick as I can, church, but uh, you guys can do whatever you want. I don't know what your youth leaders are planning to do. Jacob's going to grab you. There we go. That's what I was looking for, somebody to say, I got him. Um, let's pray, and I'm going to share with you a, a few things, um, and I'll do it like more narrative style than teaching style because of just the time that we have. Um, so, Father, I want to ask right now for, as the youth go, God, we just pray blessing on them. I pray a grace over Jacob to, to speak life into the hearts of young people, to speak the, the love of Jesus. And I pray that they would receive, that it would be a destiny and transforming in them. God, for us, I just pray that you would allow your words to come through me and them to be life into our hearts. I pray, God, for your, your grace, your blessing on me as I speak, and I pray for the listeners to have attentive ears to what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. They ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I'm going to do this, um, and I'm actually not going to do it so fast that I'm not doing it justice, but I, I want to just tell you a little bit of a story. Um, you guys know what's going on with me. I've been diagnosed. The doctors have diagnosed stuff, and I'm trying to walk in what God is saying. So I'm not trying to live out of this identity of, you know, the woe is me thing, but you know, it's easy. Like one of my graces as a pastor is I can touch people's hearts and I have a grace to go into the valley with people. I've had it for years. I don't know why I have it. I know that when people are hurting, I can get alongside them and they feel loved, nurtured, comforted, which means that my natural inclination, say natural inclination, is to go deep all of the time, which means to drag you in with what I'm going through. And I started it, like, I actually had a sermon all prepared. It was titled, What If? I'm not kidding. I, and, and so I'm talking to the Lord, and the Lord goes, I actually don't want you to do that. Which seems to be his way with me these days. I don't want you to do that. I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to talk about how your king reigns. By the way, church, do you know that your king reigns? Yes. Incidentally, you know that, yeah, come on, you should give it up for that. He does reign, and listen... He's all-powerful, and he's all authoritative. So there's nothing that's going on that he like. This is what we think, that somehow there's a battle between light and darkness, heaven and hell, and, and in this battle, like God might lose? Like you don't consciously think that, but you live like it. I know I'm telling the truth right now. How do I know? Because it's hitting me. That's how I know. And I'm having to tell myself, don't live underneath it. You've got to live above I know you don't feel 100%. Do it like you are 100%. I know you want to complain. Don't. I love Marcy. Marcy answers she's like, Pastor, send me texts all the time. you got to speak it. You're healed. You're blessed. You're good. You're powerful. You're strong. You're oh and I'm, like, I'm like, oh, that mind over matter stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, well, the Bible actually does say, as you speak, you become. And so you can't make those things small. Like, we don't realize how much we're a product of our own narrative. We don't realize that. And sometimes we get stuck in that narrative, and it becomes doomsday. But listen, we live in a kingdom. There's two kingdoms, light and darkness. I know there's kingdoms of the world. I get that. Those come and go. There's two kingdoms that last. And listen, that God is not on the edge of losing. That's why Jesus went to the cross. He took authority over that kingdom. Here's what the battle's for You. That's what the battle is for. Can I get you off track? Can I get... Listen, I was complaining. I was up on the side of the mountain in the desert. I'm like, okay, God, there's so many good things happening right now. Why would you let this happen? Anybody ever said that? Come on. Anybody ever said that? You get all, woe is me, and in your head, you're like... and And then God starts to show you. You realize that me slowing you down is letting other people rise up? This is good. You realize me slowing you down is making you pay attention where you were ignoring things? This is, and he starts showing me stuff. And I'm like, but, but God, I, I want to I be the guy. Anybody, anybody ever, like, I don't want to have to deal with this. And he keeps saying, there's two kingdoms going on. In your kingdom, I reign. Until you take yourself out of my kingdom. In which case... You end up in a, in a bad spot. See, listen, when, when, the, when we're talking about this, God, the, the battle is not between light and darkness. The battle is between us reclaiming the dominion that was given to us that Adam and Eve handed over to the devil. Listen, I just gave you a lot of theology in one statement. I'm not trying to build this whole thing. But, but we gave it to him, and now Jesus goes to the cross, which means now we have the authority to regain and re-rule. That's actually what it means when Jesus keeps saying these these pesky statements like, the kingdom of God has come near you. When you do this, the kingdom of God is at hand. When you do this, pray for the kingdom to come. What he's saying is, I want you to reclaim the dominion that I created you with. But when we don't live like that, we miss destiny. We miss opportunity. We live in fear. We live in brokenness. We live in doubt. We live in defeat. You know, listen, listen. Am I telling on any of you right now? I know I am. You know how I know I am? Because I know you guys. And I know me. And what God is trying to do in us right now. Listen, coming out out the backside of a couple of ministry times with, with somebody as creative as Rex, you got to admit, man, that guy's pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. L- listen, don't glorify Rex. Glorify the gift of God in Rex. But you know what I loved about him? He took all of his wackiness, his like... He's like kind of like he was a little bit hip with the songs, and you do this. I'm like, maybe I should start doing that. People will listen to me. I don't know. You know I thought it was really. In the, and, then he, and then like somebody said to me, like, you got to get somebody on the camera because by the time it's done, he's like way over here. Like I'm out of the camera right now. And then you see him kind of book through again, and then he'd be way over here, out of the can. I'm like, man, homeboy, where does he get that kind of energy? And this is what I thought. He brought what God deposited in him and he blessed you with it. Amen. Incidentally, God is trying to do the same thing in all of us. That's what's going on. Like, if you don't recognize this, there's a catalyst going on in our church. Some of you are like, I just want to go to church, here you teach the Bible a little bit, and go home and feel like I did my duty for the week. No, let, let me help you with something. God is never interested in you doing your duty for the week. That's not what he's interested He's interested in you grabbing a hold of his kingdom for yourself and then releasing it. That's what he's interested in. And when I was praying this week, I'm like, but God, I can take them deep. I can make them cry. (laughs) And he said, I don't want tears. I want victory. That's what I want. I want you to walk as overcomers, regardless of circumstance. I want you to walk as an overcomer. I want you to believe those things that aren't as though they are. That's walking in faith. Now, is that hard when you're in the middle of it? Yeah, it's no joke. That's why it's called faith. That's actually why it's called that, because it is a contending for your allegiance and how you'll walk and what you'll do. Listen, we need God, and we need our health so we can fulfill our destinies. Like, some of us want to be healthy because we just like feeling good, and God's like, no, I want you healthy because if you're healthy, then you can touch other people's lives and be a blessing to them. See, we need gifting in our lives because when we operate in our gifts, watch, it shows people how much God loves them. Okay, you want to know my favorite moment for the whole weekend? And I had a lot of favorite moments. I watched my wife and my daughter get ministered to. I watched people get healed. I watched people get touched. I watched, I'm going to pick on Steve Busby right now in a good way. Steve, Steve he comes up to me, he goes, you know, when he asked about people needing healing in their knees, or in their legs, he said, I was thinking about it. And if you know Steve, Steve's always thinking. He's brilliant. You know, he's, he's a very intelligent man. I'm not just saying that. But he's a thinker. And he goes, so I didn't get my hand up fast enough. So somebody else got prayed for. And, and I could tell he, like when he was saying it, I'm like, oh, man, he missed it. Like he missed the and, and he goes, you know what was great, though? I still got healed. I could feel the presence of God. And, and I said to him, I go, this is what I said to him, I go, Steve, Steve. I go, do you feel loved by God right now? And he goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honest to goodness, that was my favorite moment of the whole weekend. Just because it was God touching somebody, wasn't Rex touch? like, it wasn't any of that. God met with them, and he knew it. Amen. See, God is trying to do that in our lives, like he's trying to demonstrate to us that he's present and at hand. And listen, uh, okay, so maybe a little bit of deep, just a little bit of deep, a little, little bit of deep. I know what it's like to wake up at 3 in the morning with worry. I know what it's like to wake up at 3 in the morning with what ifs. I've done it, listen. Every day but two days for the last five months. Okay? That's 150 days of not sleeping through the night. I want you to, like, do, put your brain around that for a second. If every single night your sleep is interrupted and then you're expected to go, and, and I'm, I'm like, okay, God, you got to help me out. And, and I think it was my mother-in-law said, post angels around your room, pray that your sleep is not, she's just, like, laid it down. If you know my mother-in-law, she got the juice. Said all the time. She's got the juice. She prays for you. Things break off. she got the juice. And she just said, you need to do that. I've been doing that, and I've been sleeping. Oh, I've been sleeping. Now, I had to get up at 5 this morning because of, well, church. Um, <laughs> no. but, but listen, I get the, the wrestle. I get the wrestle. I, I understand when you don't feel 100% still saying yes. I understand that. I don't like it. I'm not going to lie to you. I like it when I get up and everything feels normal and there's no difficulty. I like that. But for this season, I'm still believing for healing and you should still be praying for that for me. And at the same time, I'm like, okay, so I I had a really wise person I know who operates in healing. He said, use wisdom, get prayer. Use wisdom, get prayer. Sometimes God uses doctors. I I already told God, I don't want doctors. I want supernatural healing, but use wisdom, get prayer. So I think actually I'm going to get together with him this week in a team and they're going to pray for me too. And every single person you're going to ask, I came, I came on Monday morning. I'm just winging it now. So you guys got to roll with me. We're going to take communion in a minute, uh, but I'm going to share some thoughts with you. I come to pick something up. Jeff Reese gave me a shirt. And it says, faith over fear. And he said, brother, I saw this shirt. I had to get it for us. It. Awesome. So I left it in my office. So I went down, had a doctor's appointment. So on the way back through, I come and I, and I stopped by the church. I didn't even turn my car off because I didn't think I was going to be here that long. And then I walked in and the ladies were here doing Bible study. And, and I kind of like, oh, and I said, hi. And I give them a quick update. They go, hey, can we pray for you? And I always say what? Yes. 100% of the time. So my car's out there running, (laughs) shirts in the office. Ladies are praying. They feel blessed because they're ministering to me. I feel blessed because I'm getting ministered to. Listen, this is just part of the dynamic of the journey. I'm believing for God to do something bigger. That's just what I'm believing for. And listen, you should too. And I don't mean that in relationship with me. I mean for you. You need these things to be released in your life because you need the demonstration of the goodness of God in your life. Now, now watch, I'm just going to do this from my Bible. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew 11. I'm going to do this quick. I'm going to wing it a little bit, but this is one of my favorite passages. Um, I say that about every passage is the truth. I like the Bible a lot, by the way. Yeah, I, really, yeah. I do. It's, it's one of my favorite books. Okay, it is my favorite book. Matthew 11. Now this is the story of John the Baptist. Now how many of you guys know John the Baptist? Many of you guys don't know this. He's the last of the Old Testament prophets. See, a lot of us don't think that way because we think, well, Malachi ended and then there's 400 years where God doesn't talk at all. But in Malachi, God said, I'm going to be silent for a while and when I speak again, it'll be John. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That, that's John, the last of the Old Testament prophets. And Jesus mentions that. Not only in this passage, he mentions it in Luke as well, but John is the last of the Old Testament prophets, and he, he like baptizes Jesus, spirit falls like a Like, listen, John's a bad dude. How many of you guys walk around wearing sackcloth and ashes? Anybody want to sign up for eating locusts? I've done they're gross. They chocolate dipped. Uh, it's a bug, it just doesn't taste good. This is John the Baptist, he's a radical dude. He's known to be one of the Essenes, which were like the, the totally de- devout, like follow the law. They were serious about their faith. And John pr- pr- professes that Jesus is going to come. There, there he is. The Lamb of God is here. By the oh, way, the Lamb of God is here. I do think I should know that. And, the, and this, is what, this is what happens. Verse 1 of chapter 11. When Jesus finished giving instructions to the 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and preach in the cities. Now when John, while imprisoned, heard of the works of Jesus, he sent word by the disciples and said to him, are you the expected one or shall we look for someone else? Okay, so imagine for a second you had the revelation of the Old Testament prophet saying the Messiah, that's the Messiah, and now you're in jail. Now, if you think Messiah, you've got to think like a Jewish person. Messiah means this, that there's going to be a king in the line of David who's going to set up an earthly throne. He's going to whoop up on the Romans, and we're going to be in power again. That's what everybody thinks. And John is now in that context saying, hey, I'm in prison. Are you the expected one? Or do we look for another? Well, watch, watch. I'm going to talk to some of you right now. Listen. God, I didn't think you would do it this way. If you really loved me, you wouldn't let my mom get sick. If you really loved me, you wouldn't let me lose my job. If you really loved me, I'm, do you love me? Why is it so hard? Why inside am I turning and turning and turning? If you really cared, Jesus, anybody ever said this to God? Come on, let's be honest, church. All of us have said this to God. Every single one of us. Different points in time. You hit a hard spot. And, and what comes out of you? Why? God, why are you allowing this? Why? Like my brother said, we were talking. He goes, he goes man, you're the guy, like you left the job and you did ministry. And he, I was telling God, it's not fair. Of all the people, it should have been someone else. I go, okay. I like that you're on my side. <laughs> but this is John the Baptist, like, are you really the guy, or do we look for somebody else? Now, you got to get something about Jesus. Jesus is somebody who will speak the truth no matter what. It, it's actually, at times, it actually feels a little bit savage. Like, you got to get that sometimes Jesus will say things that, like, like, Jesus, I don't understand. He'll go, right, you don't. I, like, you, you're, you're wanting them to hug you. Oh no, it'll be okay. Let me, let, me, let me love on your little feelings so that you feel good about nothing. Come on, I I know that I feel that way. So like, God, just jump into the pit with me so we can cry together and don't lead me out. Watch what he says. This is crazy to me. Jesus answered them and he said, go and report to John what you hear and see. So John says this, I hear something's happening. I hear something's happening. And he says, go tell him what you're hearing and what you see. Watch what he he says. This This is great. Tell them this, the blind receive sight, okay, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who does not take offense in me. I don't know, is that kind of a savage response to, hey Jesus, what's up, how come I'm stuck in jail? Oh, come on church, are you guys all asleep right now? Come on, isn't that like an in-your-business kind of a response? It is, unless you understand why Jesus came. When Jesus came, he said, I came to preach what? The gospel of the kingdom of God. I came to bring restored dominion, restored authority, healing, possibility, blindness of sight, ears, lepers, I came to heal the woes that came about through sins. This makes sense, church. That's exactly what Jesus came for. And then this is what we do. We come to church and we go, Well, the preacher guy's not here this week, so I'm going to stay home. We had twice as many people here last week. I think I'm a pretty good preacher. Come on, humor me. Hey, woohoo! I'm, I'm, I'm kidding a little bit. But there's, there, listen, I'm going to make a really good point, and it's not about me. If Jesus were here right now, the place would be packed. If somebody anointed to minister the blind here and the lame walk, and like like, I, honestly, this is what it set me on, God, will you let me do that? I'd like to do that. Not because I want more people in the room, but I love the testimonies. I love hearing hearing. I struggled with this, so to have those words spoken over me, God gave me peace. Let me know that God was with me. I know God Adam. I know God is leading me. And some parts of it make sense, and some parts, I'm just going to have to keep seeking God and be obedient. See, to me, that is, man, that's money right there. Because as people say, life is confusing, hello? But I get that God is in the mix with me, and he will see, listen, don't get offended. You get offended, it hinders your ability to discern what God is up to. Listen, this is true and that, like, you get offended with your wife, It's hard to hear. You get offended with your husband. Hard to hear him. You get offended with your friends. You get all uptight with everything. It's hard. You do it with God. Listen, it's no different. It makes it difficult for us to discern what the Spirit of God is up to, and He doesn't want us stuck. He wants us to be like released and launched. Offense will hinder you, so don't let it root up in your heart. And then Jesus is, listen, you got to get this about Jesus. He's all about purpose. He's never going to mess around with your, like, woe is me, my little feelings. We see this all over the place. We see what Jonah, Jonah, crawls under a bush and starts moaning. And God's like, really? Like, I just rescued Nineveh and you're going to complain because you didn't get it your way? See, some of this is us understanding that God is calling us into maturity. There's a season of transition happening in our church. I'm going to talk about it a little more in just a second. It's happening. Listen, you guys need to understand. The elder board and myself we're not bringing people in to like light a fire in you just cuz it sounds fun. We're doing it cuz we sense the season is changing. And the only way the season changes is not only cuz you hear me, as much as you guys love me and I think I'm a pretty okay Bible teacher, but you bring other people in who are anointed and gifted differently. It's like like putting gasoline on the fire. It's amazing. And I think anybody who was here for it, you're, you walked out of the room going, even if you didn't like totally connect, you're like, that was still cool. That was still really cool. And so listen, I, I'm like, God, let there be more really cool because we want to see that stuff just totally released. So how many of you guys ever look for a job? Yeah. Ever, ever done a resume? See, sometimes we read this thing about John the Baptist, and we go, man, that was savage. Like, go tell John, stuff's happening, stinks to be you. I mean, you could read it that way. I don't think that's what Jesus was doing, and I'm going to show you that right now. Like, we have a resume. Like, I don't know if you guys ever done this. I've had to do a lot of interviewing in my life. Like, professionally, I've been in management positions, HR roles, where you're in it. You ever notice, like, you, you, like, people will put anything that leverages them on a resume. Once upon a time, I helped my daughter with the Girl Scout cookie sales, and you'll put that down as marketing. <laughs> you know, like, you'll come up with anything to leverage the resume. It, but, but listen, listen. Jesus has a resume of you. I Just let that settle in for a second. Jesus has a resume of you. Listen, and it's really positive. Like, some of you are like, oh, Jesus got a resume, man. I'm in trouble now because he knows every mistake I've made, which he does. But when Jesus writes your resume... He doesn't write it with, hey, John's in prison. Hey, he's a prisoner, and, and later is, he's going to be beheaded too, so that's, that's kind of lame there. And John's complaining, and, and John, he didn't do that with John. Watch what he does with John. This, this to me, is remarkable, what he does with John. He, this is verse 7. He says, as these men were going away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. He said, what did you go out in the wilderness to see? Why did you come to church last weekend? Come on, why'd you come? Better better preacher than you, pastor. No, no, no. Why did you come? Well, God did say to come to church, but why did you come? Let's be honest. Well, I can tell you why I came. I wanted a touch from God. I, let's just call it what it is. That's why I came. I came because I wanted a prophetic word. I came because I wanted to see some of you guys get healed. I came because I wanted to see some of you guys get like a, a fire lit. I, I came because I like seeing God on the move. Any, anybody else like that? Like one of my favorite things, even if it's not happening for me, I like to stand back and just go, that's cool. That's cool. How did you, like, dude, he, he told a kid in my office what his birthday was. You're like, that's Sue saying, no, 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 that's prophetic ministry to convince somebody beyond the shadow of a doubt that God knows them. I've only seen that kind of gifting twice in my life, and I've been in meetings like this a lot. Why did you come? Why did you come? You came because we're all wanting something from God that we don't get in everyday life. But I'm challenging you to say this, open up to it and you'll get it. I don't uh, Listen, Rex is amazingly gifted, and we'll have him back. So is Dennis, by the way. Dennis Mason, Linda Triska in the past, other people that we've brought in, all gifted by God. But the reality is this. They can't substitute your own communication with Jesus. They can't. But Jesus says, Jesus says, listen, listen. What did you go in the wilderness to see? Why did you come to church? Where did you go? Did you go to see a reed shaken by the wind? Or did you go out there to just see John the Baptist doing his thing. Verse eight, he says, but what did you go to see? A man dressed in soft clothing so that you guys know he's straight up roasting the Caesars. The Caesar of that day used to wear flowing clothing and it was assumed possibly that he might be homosexual. You're like, what? So what did you go to be like him and watch his flowing gowns? He said, no, he goes on to say, no. People like that live in king's palaces. He's roasting the political forum, and he's doing it without saying any names. Now, we're not that nice. We call out Biden. We call out Trump. We call out whomever. Uh, But but listen, listen. He's making a point that God, like what God is doing in John, you didn't go out to see something like a reed. You didn't go out to see soft clothing. Those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces, verse 9. But what did you go out to see? Look, Look, keep it on the board. What did you come here for last weekend? Come on, say it out loud. Church, what's the next word? A prophet. prophet. Why did you come? Listen, let me say it more normal. Because you wanted to hear from God. I was talking with Ishmael yesterday. We were all bowling (laughs) terribly, by the way, but we bowled. And we're sitting eating Mongolian. And Ishmael goes, I had jobs to do Sunday night. He runs his own business, does screens. By the way, if you need screens, shout out talk to the man, he does a good job, um, but that was free, it's going on the internet too, so hopefully you get a lot of traction out of that, but, but, but listen, listen, he said, we canceled our jobs because I knew I needed to be here, Amen. how many of you guys saw the lady with carpal tunnel in the morning service, got, got ministered to right over here, yeah. yeah, that's Ishmael's wife Roxanne, it's her mama, mm. you see that healing that happened between her and her son, because yeah. man, He's calling the kid up. Kid's sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's in the second row. I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh. And then he comes up, and you watch healing. Yeah. Yeah. And I l- listen. I already told you. That's why I came. That's why I came. I love seeing God connect people. Amen. Oh my gosh. I love seeing God melt people's hearts, the, the history, the attacks of the enemy, the places where the enemy gets footholds and strongholds. And listen, and he limits our freedom and our fruitfulness because we're stuck in a past, a pain, a history. Man, we live so much out of our pain and history, it's just sad. And, and I'm not saying that as I do it too. But I think this is a season where God is trying to launch us out of history to build us into what he's trying to do. And that's all of you. That's all. Like, listen, we never get the fullness of what God's doing if we don't start receiving and then giving it. Now, you hear me say it all the time. There are no reservoirs in God. No place where you're going to get filled up and sit there. By the way, if you ever go swimming in a reservoir, you'll know this: the water stinks. It's usually really green. It's got a lot of algae in it. You go in a river, water don't stink. You can actually drink it. It's different. There's rivers in you, not reservoirs. We like reservoirs because listen, they're comfortable. You just float on the floaty, no big deal. You get on a floaty on a river, it's the, oh, it's on. <laughs> you're going down. You don't know what you're in for. But God is trying to get us out of that sense of comfort. He said, what did you go out to see? A prophet, and he says this, yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. Again, Jesus' resume of John. Did he say, oh, John's in prison? John's a complainer. John's offended. He didn't do that. By the way, he's not doing that over you either. You might be doing that. The enemy might be doing that. Jesus isn't. Watch, Jesus goes on. Verse 10. He says, this is the one about whom it's written. Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way before you. Truly I say to you, watch this. Among those born of women, there has not, been a, there's not arisen anyone, say anyone, greater than John the Baptist. Whoa, 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 whoa. So Jesus' resume of John the Baptist is nobody ever born is greater than John. Man, how would you like that said about you? Oh yeah, like like here I am, Jesus, he goes, Oh yeah, James, yeah, James got a bad thing going on right now. But you know what? In the kingdom realm, there's nobody that's been born that's greater than James. See, I'm of the opinion God says that over us. I'm of that opinion. I'm of the opinion that God is so for us that even our frailties, our struggles, our diseases, our losses, our pains, our pitfalls, our hurts, whatever they might be, God says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's a tough one. But you know what I say about him? He's a faithful man. He loves people. He teaches the Bible. He shows up when other people leave. What's he saying about you? Now I said those not to toot my horn. I said those because Jesus has spoken those over me. I know that. Like it's not arrogance to say what God says. Hello, and I'm using it for the point of illustration. What does God say over you? Because there's a resume. Listen, watch. I I promise. In your head right now, you're like, I ain't got no resume. I made too many mistakes. Anybody, anybody honest enough to say, I ain't got no resume with Jesus. I'm just glad I'm going to heaven. Reality is you got a resume with Jesus, and it's not your resume. It's his resume. And he's saying things about you that not only are things that he's done in you, things he's, listen, listen, going to do in you. He's, he's talking about the finished work, what he's accomplishing in you. Oh, man, I'm already way over. Okay, but you guys got to hang in because I'm having fun. He says, listen, there's no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So if you see yourself in right standing with God, you're actually greater than John the Baptist. How far do I go? I watch people get up and walk out because they know, like, if he says he's going to finish, that means he will. Um, hmm. This is important, so I want to catch this, and then we're going to take communion together. So if you're going to do this walk with God thing, and you're all here because you're wanting to walk with God, right? Somebody say amen. You're here because you want to learn how to take a journey, right? You know what life brings you, and you know what God is trying to do, and you're trying to engage that. At least that's why, I mean, I'm your pastor, but that's why I'm here. I want to see you journey. I want to learn the journey myself. Like, I know that, like, people go, well, you're the pastor. You got it all dialed in. No, I don't. I really don't. Trust me. Three o'clock in the morning tells me I don't. I, and I know this, I go to God over and over. I worship, I pray, and I let him minister peace. So I understand how. But listen, you've got to learn this. You've got to discern the season. Look, I want to go back to verse 10. Look, look. it says, this is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I will send a messenger ahead of you. I want you to just catch this for a second. Ahead of you. That means there's a season that's, that's happening and one that's going to change. I don't know if you guys realize this, but the season is changing. You know, I, I, you guys know I fish. I like catching fish. Fish are fun. I always let them go. Like sometimes I'll eat them, but that's usually on the ocean. In my lake, I let them go because I want to catch them again. So Joe Sacco, how many of you guys know Joe Sacco? Joe and Sandra are here for a long time. Joe Sacco is a fisherman too. And Joe and Sandra moved to Fort Mojave out in, in Arizona. And Joe works at a golf course, and he fishes the pond in the golf course. And he keeps sending me pictures of these big fat bass he's catching. And I'm like, dude, you're so annoying. I <laughs> like you were like but what's happening is in Fort Mojave it's about 10 degrees warmer than it is here. So watch watch. His season is already changed. Yesterday I got my first strike on the lake in a month. That means the season's changing. So some of you go you didn't catch it. Nope, but I'm gonna <laughs> cuz it hasn't changed yet. Listen. Some of you are in this journey, and God is going ahead of you, and the season is changing, and you need to recognize that the season is changing. You don't. I, I I love something Rex kept saying. Like, listen, if you stay in the sense of expectation, and you don't add to it appreciation, you get stuck in the history. If you want to break free, you've got to take the expectation, set it aside, and operate in appreciation. You've got to say, "Thank you, God. Thank you, God." Even though it hasn't happened yet but it's happening. Listen, some of you need to start thanking him for what's going on in your life. You're like, but I haven't realized the dream yet. My husband's still sick. My wife's still sick. My, they're still without a job. There's still something going on. God, there's something God hasn't met yet. The season is it's changing. Listen, do you discern it? This is what's happening for John. Hey, I'm in prison. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. It was prophesied that you would go ahead of me. It's prophesied that this would happen to you. Don't miss that your destiny is attached to what I'm saying is happening. Some of you need to get that in your heart. God has a good destiny for you. And he's not messing up and he's not slow and he's not missing it. See, we brought Rex and, both, uh, Rex and Dennis both because they're, they're initiating, if you will, a change of season. My question for you is this. Do you sense it? How many of you, just be honest with me, like no churchy stuff, honest. Is your season changing? Just put your hand up. Man, look around the room. That's like more than half of you, if not more. Like you realize there's something going on that God is doing. And, And my job as your pastor is to keep dropping stuff in front of you to help you discover it. What is God up to What's he doing? How do I discern it? You know, it could be school stuff. It could be work stuff. It could be relational stuff. Like, I I look at Jason ran the for celebrating uh, Black History Month. He ran a Zoom meeting celebrating black success. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, I took it and I shared it on social media. He's like, thanks for the shout-out. Because I want him to realize the dream God has put in him. And in doing so, he touches other people's lives. And in doing so, he's fulfilled, and people are fulfilled. Everybody's discovering, listen, how the kingdom of God rumbles around in our worlds. Is this connecting with you guys at all? Are you kind of like, he's just telling me, dude? No, no, no. Listen, it's bigger than what I'm saying. I'm hoping you're getting that. There's a season that's changing, and God wants you to move with the season. Listen, if you're stationary, static, you don't want it to change, you're going to miss it. Can you miss it? Yes. Yeah, you sure can. You miss it when you don't say yes. You miss it when you make excuses. Am I talking to anybody? Oh, man, I really like my toast in the morning. I'm going to stay home. That preacher guy was there last week. This week he's not there, so I'm going to stay home. I'm going to float around to a whole bunch of churches. I'm never going to land anywhere because I like chasing. And, and you also like never getting founded and rooted and grounded and growing. You never receive, you never give, because you're always chasing. You go to a thousand meetings and you never grow. How do I know it? I watch it all the time. All the time. I'm not saying don't go to the meetings. I'm saying plug in to a church that you call yours that serves you and you serve it. This is a biblical model, church. But we chase. And we never get rooted. And people do this all the time. Listen, listen. One of the, his pastor Danism, he, he, he used to say this. He'd he say, Get on your number. He, and he would, he would relate it to how many of you guys remember being a P when you were a kid? He had a number like Murano, your number 19. So every day after, after 19, he doesn't call Murano anymore. He just looks for the blank numbers. If you're standing on 19, President of Counter, you don't have to remember how to say my name. You're on 19, you're good to go. Pastor Dan used to use that all the time. I never used that saying. I use this saying, and and Jerry Ferguson, God bless you, I still have it. I use this. For those of you who can't see that, it says, put your rump in the seat and wait on God. Most people don't know how to sit. They don't know how to sit and wait for God to speak. What I'm saying to you is the season's changing. You need to learn to sit in his presence and wait for his direction. He's trying to do that with us right now. Listen, I can tell you what I see. Man, I wish I had 15 more minutes. Hey, I do. You're just stuck. I, I dream of a church that's hungry to see God move. That's actually what I dream of. I dream of a church that's not afraid to share their faith with their neighbors, with their family members, with their coworkers. I dream of a church that is actually bold enough in Christ to just not be afraid that you've been rescued out of darkness and into light. That you, that you boldly preach the gospel. You're not ashamed of it. Now listen, I am not. I get like some of you are in places where you have to be really clever with how you do the gospel. I get that. But my experience has been most Christians I know are just afraid. And I'm not sure what you're afraid of. I want, you, I want to compel you to boldness. I want to compel you to be faithful. Faith filled. I want to compel. Like I dream of a church that has new people in it. I love y'all, but I'm pretty sure I know everybody in the room. I do love you. I mean, I love you to, I love being your pastor. And, I, and, and like we did this thing and Santosh said, where's the young contingency of people in this thing we're trying to do? And I went, bro, you're right. There are no young people in this. So I'm like, add it to the list. We need some young people in this discussion. You know why? Because I love y'all. We're all going to die probably before them. I'm not trying to be mean, but if we don't put young voices in the room, they will continue to exit stage left, and they'll find a church that gives them a voice. Everybody wants to be part of a world they create. Everybody does. You give me purpose in this place, I'll stay. And so I'm like, okay, I'm listening. How do we give people purpose so that it's not my church, it's their church, it's our church? That's so important for us to hand the baton off to the next generation But that's what I dream of. I dream of a place where people grow and they merge and they impart and they hand it down and they share things they've learned with people that are coming up. Jesus goes on and he says this in verse 12. He said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. One of the most confusing verses in the entire Bible. I've heard so many different topics and ways this is preached. I'm, hell is attacking heaven. Heaven is attacking hell. I've heard all sorts of stuff. This is what I think you should think of when you think kingdom authority comes through battle to obtain what God has called you to do. Kingdom authority comes through, kingdom dominion comes through a battle. Like, like so often we think this if God really wanted us to do it, he'd just make it happen. How many of you guys ever been in the make it happen business? Come on, wake up, church. I only got a few minutes, and then I'll send you home. How many of you guys have been like, Jesus, if you do it, I'll do it? Listen, you've you got to get something about God. He will not do what is your job, and you cannot do what is his. Yeah. You can't do it. It doesn't work that way. I think so often Jesus be like, I've just been praying for my friends. And he's like, well, talk to them. I've just been praying, Jesus, would you please meet them? Like, like, he's like, talk to them. You're like, but I'm afraid. He's like, talk to them. Because I'm not going to do what's your job. Listen, I know the rocks can cry out. I know the heavens declare the glory. I'm familiar with the word of God. I've studied it for 35 years. I know it. But listen, God is never going to do for you what is yours to do. And we can't do what's his to do. And he moves through us. That's how it works. What a privilege that is. Like imagine leading your friends to Christ. Because you're not ashamed of the gospel. Imagine getting them free, set free from drugs and alcohol and sex and stupidity and, and celebrating things that are good. They're not even evil, but they're not God. What if you were able to speak the life of God into them in a way they just go like, wow, this is amazing. I never knew this. Why didn't you tell me sooner? I know this, that sometimes there's timing. I know that God, like, maybe it took 10 years so that it was the right time for you to speak and their heart would be tender. But man, please, please don't miss this. If you don't violently grab a hold of the kingdom in the battle against darkness, a lot of people you know and love are not going to make it. That's what I think that passage means. We're so worried about being tolerant that we don't speak the truth. Listen, I did not just say be offensive. Please understand, I did not say be offensive. What I did say was don't be ashamed. God has put you in that place. He's released you into that place. The season's changing. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. What is he calling you to do? What's the thing he's placing on your heart? Okay, so now I'm going I'm to share this with you. Santosh, if you want to come up. And then um, in just a second, we're going to pass out communion and take it together. Um, and whatever part of the team wants to come up with him. Santosh, you in the room? He's not in the room. Oh, he is in the room. He's on the camera. He's doing, he's doing seven things at once, that's why. <laughs> Come on, you lazy, good-for-nothing, seven-job-working. <laughs> I'm totally playing. Santosh, you know I love you, and you're amazing. And you're very, very gifted all over the place. So, our church is in a new season. I've got a question for you. Do you sense it?
8: Yes.
0: Do you sense it? You, you should sense it. If you don't sense it, I want to encourage you to go back to God. I want to encourage you to go back to prayer. You, like, listen, you're in a new season. Do you sense that you personally are in a new season? It's different. I, 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 sometimes I wish that God would give me the, what makes it different? I think it's different for every person. That's why he doesn't give me that. But I do know this. As I sense the move of the Spirit, as I sense the hunger in people, as I sense the, like, the distaste for the stagnant, like, uh, I get the sense like, man, God, is he's up to something. Now, now I, this is what I think when we take communion in a second. I believe God is going to release some of the somethings to you. He's going to give you some clarity. See, communion is an intimate time between you and Jesus to say, I'm listening. I'm celebrating what you did, but, but, but I'm listening. I want what you have for me. So I was praying this week, and I want to share with you, and I'm just going to read this, so I'm not going to move. I'm just going to read this to you. So I was praying this week, and I, I went out to a place called Horse Thief Canyon, some park not too far from my house, pretty cool place, rocks, and and so you guys know I haven't felt well enough to do that kind of stuff, and I just decided I'm going to go do that. I don't care if I don't feel great. I'm just going to go do it, because I don't want to let something that's outside of me dictate how I behave, so I'm just going to go do it. So I went to Horse Thief Canyon, and I started hiking up the rocks, and, and I started talking to God, and... and first question i asked these are just honest questions how come i'm going through this i listen i know some of you in the room you're dealing with stuff and you're thinking why am i going through this why won't you do something god that's kind of the feeling we get and it's not even like you're accusing god it's just the honesty of your heart saying this kind of stinks anybody else in the room yeah i think i'm talking to us like life hits people and we get spots where now listen my heart was not in a, I'm mad at you, God. I'm just trying to discern, how do I move in this season and not get stuck in a woe is me and hear your heart? That I'm wrestling with all of those things. Why are you allowing the pain, God? You know, and, and I think to myself, like, yes, all you guys are like, he's a pastor. He's like the mighty man of faith. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm human just like you, man. When it's hard, I go on the side of the mountain and say, God, what's up? I'd get alone with them because I want to discern, how do I walk this? Now, this is what I love about God. And again, just listen with me. He said, I'm opening doors to release the dream that's in you. And then he said this, but it's not just for you, it's for them too. I'm opening doors to release the dreams. Oh, I need to pause, I need to pause. Holy Spirit, I I ask right now that you would come because I know that this is a holy moment. I know that like sometimes this can sound like an excited preacher or it could be a moment where it's prophetic and it's declarative and it breaks off yesterday and leads us into tomorrow. And, And I know that about the way your spirit moves. So God, I pray that if there is anything in our hearts, in our heads that are in the way of you speaking to us right now, I pray that you would just remove it so that we can listen with open hearts, attentive hearts, tender ears. I'm opening doors to release the dream that is in you. And then he said this to me, I don't want your strength. I've always operated strong. He said, I want your dependency. Dependency. So I'm on the side of the, the desert and I grabbed my phone and it worked. So I looked up, what does dependency mean? And it's this, it's a refusal to exercise initiative. Well, if you're a driven person, that's like the worst thing ever. Like, I'm not going to do anything at all. And then I just felt like he paused me. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I want you to listen to me when I'm telling you to stop and when I'm telling you to go. Listen, some of you have gotten apathetic and you've gotten so comfortable that God is saying go, but you like it the way it is, so you're not doing anything. That's actually called sin. Some of you are so self reliant that you're ahead of God, which is equally sin. He's saying, I want you to be attentive to my voice so you know when to run, when to pause, when to jog, when to stop, when to wait. See, because God is going to do what He wants to do in and through us. He really is. And He desires to do that. He wants you to know the goodness of whether it's a Rex visiting or it's your quiet time in the morning of His presence. God will not do what is yours and we can't do what is his. It's always been that way. Listen, I wanna encourage you, be prepared. If you go to the desert and it's hot, you're gonna take what with you? Water, because you would get, if you go to the snow and it's cold, you're gonna take what with you? A coat, a coat. You're gonna bring something that protects you against the elements. And God is saying the exact same thing to us spiritually. Uh, He's saying, I'm launching your destiny you should make sure that it's bathed in prayer and worship. See, some of you are at the starting line of being launched, and I'm not sure if you realize it. That's why I'm speaking it out to you. It's like you're right at the edge, and you sense that there's something new, and God is saying there is something new, and I want you to walk in it. Listen, you're trying to figure it out with your head, and it's not going to be figured out that way. It's spiritual. Listen, church, it's spiritual. Somebody say it's spiritual. It's spiritual. Holy Spirit, lead me. Leave me. You're trying to figure it out, and that's not how you're going to figure it out. I'm not saying God doesn't work through your intellect. I'm saying that this is a spiritual thing. He's in tune with you, and you have your way. You move and live and have your being in Him. So it's a moving with the Spirit of God. And He's trying to bring that into a fresh place with you. It's spiritual. The, the weapons of your warfare, they're not carnal, they're mighty to the tearing down of strongholds. Listen, it's spiritual use wisdom use discernment and then he said this to me for me this is really important your mind is not the key to this listen I'm I'm intelligent and I like being intelligent I like studying I like knowing things and he said that's not the key your surrender your dependency is the key the key is not how smart you are or how much you can discern and figure it out your key is how much you'll surrender and then Jesus said this to me which I think is really cool he's saying this to you too by the way I'll take you through, I'll take you through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He'll take you through. That's what he's saying to us right now, church. I know some of you, you're in hard spots. You're in difficult spots. Your spots could be more difficult than mine and maybe there are multiple issues. And God is saying this to you, I'm with you and I'll take you through. I don't ever leave, I don't forsake, I chose you. Like I picked you, you're mine. That's what God is saying to you. And some of you don't feel that, and I just want to speak it over you so it just rests on you. So I asked the Lord, what does that mean to me? What does it mean for them? And he just said this word, deeper. I want to take you all deeper. I'm like, God, what does deeper mean? Clarity, understanding of spiritual things, not natural things. See, he wants to reveal to us the depths of his heart. See, deeper is also a place of vulnerability. It's where you say to God, I know I don't know how to do this, so I need you. It's bearing witness with anybody right now. I'm hoping it's encouraging you to just settle in like God is in control. He knows what's going on. Listen, when I get alone with the Lord, I ask questions that only God can answer. Like I love you guys and some of you are really close friends of mine. All of you love me and you're praying. Some of you I'll call, what do you think? And God said, that's not, these are not questions people answer. These are questions I answer. And I really had a strong sense, like the Lord was saying, some of you in the room, you have questions for me and I wanna give you permission to ask them. Like I felt like Jesus said, listen, I'm not offended by the questions there's a depth of, of intimacy and relationship and vulnerability when you honestly say, God, why this way? I don't understand. Why that direction? Why this place? Why that thing? And he's trying to just get you into face-to-face intimacy with him. And I, one of the most fascinating people in the Bible to me is Moses because he was always like, I want the next thing, God. God, if you want me to take the people up, I want your glory. I want to talk to you face-to-face. See, God is looking for that kind of hunger in us for him. So I want to ask a few of you if you would get communion and pass it out to us. And I apologize that I went a little long. Um, Santosh is going to just play some music over us while the communion is being passed out. And then we're going to take together and I'm going to give you a few questions that I would like you to just pose to the Lord. Or if you have your own, You can pose your own questions to the Lord. But just to reiterate, I want to encourage you that we are in a season of change. And God wants you to discern the season. He wants you to move with him in the season. He doesn't want you to battle it, fight with it. He wants you to just walk with him and trust him. What a powerful
8: name it is what a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is the name of jesus what a powerful name it is the name of jesus what a powerful name it is the name of jesus
0: things to consider before we take and this is just from what I shared are are you offended with God in some way and as we take communion I just really want to encourage you to lay down the offense and, and encourage you also that if you're struggling in your heart God knows it anyway so there's no reason to fake it like if you feel like things didn't go quite the way that maybe you thought they should have or why didn't God come through or whatever it might be for you, I just want to encourage you to to lay that down and say, God, I'm sorry that I'm offended with you. Because that's a matter of trust, that you trust that he's good and he's for you and he's not against you. Jesus always has a purpose in everything he does in us. And sometimes seeing the purpose can be difficult. So if there's things that are difficult, I want you to ask, God, what's the purpose? Show me so that I can walk with you. Humble, surrender. For some of you, you need to let Jesus speak his resume over you, not your resume over you, his resume over you some of you the things that you speak about yourself they don't honor God they don't honor you, they don't honor your parents, the people that you're around God would grant you according to the riches of his glory that you would be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man Man, if that's you, say, God, I need power in my spirit and my inner man. Listen, so that that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend what the saints, the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you'll be filled to all the fullness of God. And for those of you in the room are saying it's impossible too much stupid, too many things, too much water under the bridge. That's for somebody else, it's not for me. Whatever deception you've bought into, this is what God says to the the deception. Now to him, God, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations. How's he speaking to you? What's the the season? What are you discerning? What do you need to take by force? What do you need to let go of? Trusting him to speak to you clearly in your vulnerability to lead you in the way that you should go. He promises he'll order our steps if we'll trust him. So Jesus, we want to say thank you that you're in the mix. Thank you that it's a season of change. Thank you that... You're breaking off old forms that we have and you're releasing new ones. Thank you, God, that you went to the cross for our sin. Thank you that you shed your blood to forgive us of our sins. Thank you that there's nothing that we can do to earn this grace of God, nothing. So God, we wanna bow to that and just say, we love you. You know, when Jesus was with his friends, he took communion with them. Says he took the bread, he broke it, he gave thanks. And he said to them, this is my body, which is broken for you, take and eat it. Go ahead and eat. And in like manner, he took the cup and he declared over us that it's a new covenant. What does that mean? The way that it used to be is not the way that it is anymore. That's a word for many of you in the room. The way that it used to be is not the way that it is anymore. Some of you are living out of an old covenant and God is releasing a new one. Amen. He's wanting you to walk in it. He's wanting you to walk in the fullness of it. All that he did on the cross is for you and me. The power of it, the freedom in it, the forgiveness within it. So Jesus, we thank you for your cup representing your shed blood. Go ahead and drink. So, Father, what I want to do is pray for a sealing up of the things that you're depositing in hearts for Pray for a sealing up that the enemy wouldn't come and steal. Like the foxes in the vine, they come and rob stuff. Listen, just with your heads bowed, if you would say, I'm in the room and I feel like God is talking to me, I want you to raise your hand. I think some of you are hesitant, but I think he's talking to more of you. So Father, as as we prepared to go, I pray especially especially over those with their hands raised because that's a transitional season there's destiny involved in it there's an exchange and I just want to speak out what I see and, it, and it's kind of like you're going to buy something and Jesus is the cashier and you're putting stuff on the table to purchase from him and it's not stuff that's worth anything but he's taking it and he's given you something brand new and there's an exchange happening and you're supposed to take the exchange and live with the fruit and the blessing of that exchange. So God, let that be true for us, that we would walk in newness and freedom and just a, a, just a fresh presence of your spirit in each one of us. And God, I pray for those that are here as, as we go today that what you started, even if it's not a catalyst in this moment, that it would be a catalyst later this afternoon tonight. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to to nag us with the next season, because we want what you have for us. Say this with me and we'll close. God, I want everything that you have for me. Bless me with it. Bless others with what you give me. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. right. Hey, I love you guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday. If you are in the room and you need prayer, there'll be somebody here and available to pray with you. Um,
2: Otherwise, enjoy your day. God bless you.